connected, go to the Connect class, which starts next Sunday. So you ready for a now word? A timely word, amen? I like that, a now word, a timely word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 11. You can also turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to continue on the series I've been on. This is my fifth week on this particular series. What has the series been called? Anyone remember? Staying. Staying. Amen. It's making a choice. I'm staying. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me find Timothy here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Next chapter 11, verse 23, it says, When he, talking about Barnabas, arrived and saw what grace, favor God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy, and he continuously exhorted Warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto the Lord, remain faithful to, and devoted to the Lord with purpose of heart. I love this scripture because because Barnabas, someone we don't know a whole lot about, is standing up and he's decreeing something to this church, this move of God that is taking place in the church of Antioch. And he he says he continuously encouraged them, cleave unto the Lord, remain faithful to, and devoted to the Lord. And I hear Barnabas making a statement. You need to be staying. You need to stay devoted to God. You need to stay on course. You need to stay in faith. You need to stay in him. And this is what we've been dealing with over the weeks. Because, because the Lord encouraged me back in August. He says, I want you to prepare your people for the days ahead. And what is prepare? It means to organize. It means to, it means to set in order. And it means to make ready. And the Lord told me, I want you to talk to them about the importance of staying. And so we're going to continue on that this morning. And, and like I said, we've dealt with staying on course. We've dealt with staying in him. We've dealt with staying, uh, uh, we talked about staying devoted. And we talked about staying in faith. And over the last two weeks, we've been dealing with this staying in faith. And I want to continue on that this morning. So go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hallelujah. And it says this, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I love that. For I know in whom I have believed. I think one of the biggest issues I've had when when I first started serving God was, was I was always worried about what I was believing. That was the biggest issue I had was it was about what I was believing instead of who I was believing in. Paul said, he didn't say, I know what I believe. He said, I know in whom I have believed. And and a lot of times when it comes to our faith, we're more concerned about what we want, what we need, what we need to do instead of who are we following. I know in whom I have believed. Amen. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You know, when we talk about faith and we, we talked about the just shall live by faith, that, that this is how we live. It's not just a message we preach. This is how we live. We live by faith. Amen. Say, I live by faith. Say, I live by faith. Say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. So when we talk about living by faith, you know, uh, the way I want to take this this morning, what the Lord placed on my heart earlier this week as I was preparing, is he says, the Lord said, it's not just enough to believe in who I am. 
And it's not just enough to believe what I can do. You see, believing, let's see. Thank you, Father. We can't just believe in who he is and believe in what he can do, but we have to be able to have faith in his character. It's not just believing in, 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 in who he is and, and his ability that he has, but what is his character? Because, because this, for instance, okay, this, this is a chair. We all can agree that this is a chair. And I've, I've used this illustration in times past, so if you've seen this illustration, just bear with me, all right? This is a chair. You, you are all sitting in chairs, right? This is a chair. There's no one, no one in here is doubting that this is a chair or a stool to sit in, right? So we know what this chair is and we know what this chair can do, right? We, we know what it is. We know who it is, so to speak, and we know what it can do, right? It's to support us. And, 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 and so, so there's a difference. So faith has to go beyond just believing something that is and knowing what something can do. Faith isn't truly come to a place of rest until you can sit down on the thing that you believe in. See, a lot of people believe that God exists. You know, for instance, George Barna did did, did a poll years and years ago, and he had the statistic that over 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 85% of people in America believe God exists. That's, That's a pretty good percentage. 85% of the people in the U.S. believe that God exists. But let's change that. Let's change that question. How many people in the United States believe that Jesus is Lord? See, there's a whole not, you know, there's a difference between just believing that God exists because your God could be Allah. Your God could be Buddha. Your God could be something else. Your God could be money. Your God could be a number of things. So when you place God on it, it's not just that God God exists. See, we have to take it a step further. It's not just having faith in God is not just believing in his existence. And it's not just believing what he can do. The question is, do you trust that he can hold you? See, it's not just believing that God exists, but do you trust that he can hold you? Because you won't sit down until you trust that it can hold you. See, you you had faith this morning. You had faith this morning because you showed up to church and you stood in front of a chair and you sat down and you didn't even think twice whether that chair was going to hold you or not. How, how many people look back before you sat down? You're like, oh, I don't chair. You burn me one. You're not going to burn me twice. And see, but see, you, you didn't even think about it, right? Because why? You trust that the chair was engineered in a way and designed that it, it was to cause you to sit. Now, if I would have this chair and I took out one of the legs and I asked you, would you sit down on that? You'd be like, no, I don't, I don't trust that. You, what, you don't trust it. And it's the same thing. It's not just believe, but yet it's still a chair, Right? It's still a chair. So it's not just believing in so that some, something exists. It's, it's not just believing that God is all-powerful. But the question, do you trust that he can hold you there? No, there's no one that actually is in churches today that, that you say, God, and you would say, is God all-powerful? They'd be like, yeah. But do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with your children? Do you trust him with your marriage? Do you trust him with your future? It's not just staying in faith. It's not just believing that God exists. But staying in faith is all about do you trust him? In this scripture, Paul is saying, I know in whom I have believed. 
Now, and I am fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded. You got to see it. And I'm fully persuaded that he is able. See, this scripture shows us who he is. It shows us what he can do. But then we see now trust. He's able to keep that which what I've committed to him. See, trust is about what I've committed to him. Amen. Trust, trust is about what he's committed to me and what I've committed to him. Your trust has to go beyond just, your faith has to go beyond just belief and step into trust. Is he going to hold me even though my world is turned upside down right now? Is he going to hold me even though I failed one too many times, so to speak? Is, do I trust him? Do I trust him? Proverbs chapter 3, you know, you, you probably have greeting cards, things on your refrigerator. You have, probably might have a screensaver on your computer or something. But the, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord. If you know it, say it with me. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Amen. With trust in the Lord with not just some of your heart, not just part of your heart, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust is a heart decision. Trust is a heart decision. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah chapter 26 real quick. Isaiah 26. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Wow. I've heard Kenneth Hagin say this years and years ago, some old teachings, and he says, you know what? You can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. You can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. Because, see, because, because your head is all about what you can understand. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. They're reading the scripture to us. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's not about what makes sense up here. It's not, it's not about your own understanding. See, when it gets to your own understanding is when you start to reason. When you get to your own understanding, you start to second guess yourself and you start second guessing God. See, you didn't second guess whether you sat in that chair or not. You, you didn't go by your own understanding. Why? Because, because you know without a doubt that chair is going to hold you, right? Because after all, I sat in that chair last week and I sat in the week before. Some of you, you sat in that same chair for the last six years. There's nothing wrong with that. Isn't it? Just say maybe move around a little bit, meet somebody new. That's... Uh, but it's trusted. You don't lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding is what's going to keep you, is what's going to keep you from being established in faith. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So, so trust is a heart issue. It's not a mental issue. It doesn't have to make sense up here. It's just knowing on who God is, knowing what he is, and knowing his character. Hallelujah, that I'm committed to his word. I'm committed to, to what he said. And I'm trusting that what he said is going to come to pass. I'm trusting in it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. Now, verse, Isaiah 26, verse 4 says, this is trust ye in the Lord. See, it's a decision of your heart. Trust in the Lord. 
Everything doesn't have to be going right to make that statement. All your finances don't have to be all put together to, to, to believe that statement. This, this is a decision of the heart. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Trust ye in the Lord forever. The, the writer here is saying, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah, the self-existent one, who is ever loving, who is never changing, whom nothing is impossible. The Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You could say it this way. Because the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength, I will trust in the Lord forever. See, you're, 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 what you know about him, see, what you know about who, who he is and what he can do is to birth in you the trust. Amen? The tr- it's a decision of the heart. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you. It doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter if tears are going down your face at the time. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you. If you're standing on the edge of the bank of the river and you're about to walk in water, you're going to say, I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. See, this is what we need to be established in our hearts that I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Even if people persecute me, even if people have, have misjudged me, even if people don't know the whole truth, even though they don't know this, that, or the other, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to trust in him. That has to be something that our lives are founded upon. I'm going to trust in him. See, let's go, to, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Now, in scriptures, and there's several cases, I'm just going to deal with two, where when it talks about trust... It gives us a picture of what trust looks like. Not what trust, just what trust is, but what trust looks like. Let's go to Jeremiah 17. Hallelujah. Say, thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. It says, thus says the Lord. I'm reading the Amplified. It says, Cursed with great evil is the strong man who trusts in and relies on frail man, making weak human flesh his arm, and whose mind and heart turn aside from the Lord. Wow. Cursed is the man? Wow. So cursed is the man? Cursed is the strong man who trusts in frail man? Meaning the person that's choosing to lean toward trusting man instead of trusting God. The person that leans to trusting man and leaning to the arm of the flesh whose heart and mind have turned away from the Lord. Verse 6 says, for he who the cursed man, the one that's trusting in flesh, is, says he shall be like a shrub or a person naked and destitute in the desert. Don't get a mental image of that, please. You don't want that mental image. So the person that's leaning on man, the, the person that's putting more trust, if I'm putting my, more, my trust more in Rick, I'm putting my trust more in my job, I'm putting my trust more in my ability to run my finances, I'm putting my trust in, in, in my spouse more than I'm trusting in God, it says that that man will be like a shrub, a person naked and destitute in the desert. And he shall not see any good come. Not some good. He said any good. 
wow, this is pretty harsh, right? So the person that's putting trust in natural things, he's going to be like a shrub and a naked person destitute in the desert. Man, he shall not see any, any, none, nada, zip, zero, no good come. But shall dwell in parched places in the wilderness and an uninhabited salt land. What does that mean? I mean, this person that's trusting in man continually, eventually he's going to come to a place where he has no life and he has no growth. No life and no growth. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 7. Most blessed is the man who believes in and trusts in and relies in the Lord. So cursed is the one that trusts in man, but yet blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. Now get this, don't, don't, don't just mentally assent what I'm saying here this morning. Because I, I, I've known this scripture for years and years and years, but I've been that destitute person that's naked in the wilderness. It, it can be a real religious thing. Say, yeah, I trust in God, brother. I trust in the Lord. Yeah, pastors, especially if you're a pastor. Yeah, yeah, pastor, I'm trusting Jesus. But what are you doing at night when the lights are about to go out and you're laying your head down at night? What, what's going on through your mind? What's going through your mind when you get that bill and you're like, how am I going to do this? What, what, what are you going to do when, when, when things are falling around you? And, 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 and we can't be just have a religious cliche that... Well, I'm just trusting God. Because ultimately, we can say we're trusting God, but we're hoping man comes through. I'm, uh, uh, or, or, or we manipulate situations. Well, maybe if I just call that person, I, I know that person has some finances and I know they're givers. Maybe if I just drop like a, you know, a faith hint that, um, that, that they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna come to my rescue and... And, and they're going to, you know, because, yeah, they, you know, they, they, they got my back. And God's got my back, too. And, but the thing is, are you looking to man to meet your need? Or are you trusting in God? Are we trusting on what we can do with our hands? I'm not against working with your hands. We, we, we need to work. He, he blesses the work of your hands. He, he prospers the thing we set our hands to. And, and those things, it was not sitting back and I'm not going to work and I'm not, not going to do anything. That's, that's not faith. But here he says, he says don't trust in, in man because you're going to be like this. You're going to be like a shrub and you're going to have no fruit. But most blessed is the man who trusts in and relies on the Lord whose hope and confidence the Lord is. Hallelujah. For he shall be like a tree. You got a picture? He shall be like a tree. Now, guess, if I'm looking and putting my trust in man, I'm like a naked man in the wilderness. If I'm trusting in God, I'm like a tree. What image do you want to be like? No brainer, right? So when we, when we look at the word, it's giving us a description of what trust looks like. Trust is like a tree. 
Trust is like a tree. Now, I've been in Fort Worth now since 1999, and, and the, the biggest things I've seen in the Fort Worth area here, I know not south of the valley and, and east Texas and things, I, I know they got some bigger trees, but, but in Fort Worth, it's like the mesquite bush is like the tree of Fort Worth. You know, it's, and I'm from Maryland, though, and we have like pine trees. I mean, they're not like sequoias or anything, but they are tall. I mean, oak trees, oak trees that it will take six people Six people to hold hands and get around. I mean, that's some trees. You go to Y Mills in, in Maryland. I'm telling you, it's, man, the, the, the trees, the oak trees are massive. The trunk, is, or so you, you, can, you can have a house inside some of them. I mean, the, the trunks are so big. And so think, think about this. A trust is like a tree that's planted by the river of water. I don't want to be a shrub. Come on, I don't want to be a shrub. I, you know, in the shrub, the shrubs he's talking about are the ones in the desert. You see the old Clint Eastwood movies? I can't even whistle. I can't even whistle right now for some reason. And you see the tumbleweeds blowing through the, thank you for your whistling. I appreciate that. The, the, the tumbleweeds blowing through the, 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 the town, you know, that, that I don't want to be like the tumbleweed blowing through the town. I don't want to be when I get, I get a report, all of a sudden I get angry. I, I, don't, I, don't, want to be, I don't want to be like the type of person that, that I, get, I get news about something and then my spouse doesn't know what kind of person I'm going to be like when I get home. I don't want to be the, the type of person that I got to walk around eggshells. People got to walk around eggshells around me because, oh, well, you don't want to make him mad. If you're that type of person... You need to change. You do. If people have to be afraid of you and, and not be honest. To, see, a lot of people say, well, you just be honest with me. They're like, I can't because you, you fly off. Yeah, I mean, that, seriously, that, that happens, that's works in marriages. Maybe, maybe your, your spouse can't be honest because when they are honest, you can't handle truth. Or they're not telling you what you want, the, want to hear. So, so we have to come to a place with this trust where, where, where we are planted, where we're rooted. And we're not just, we're not just going with the wind, tossed to and, flow, to, and thro, to and fro, that we are planted by rivers of water. We're planted by rivers of water where we're established. A tree is established. They're, they're not moving. It doesn't matter what hurricane is coming. It doesn't matter what storm they're facing. They are not moving. And I'm telling you, that tree, it might bend a palm tree. You know, that it, it, it could be bent, bent all the way over. But you know when that wind stops, it's going to pop right back up. Why? Because it is made for that. It's made to deal with the storm. It's made to deal with those things. You know, they talk about trees and, and there's certain like pianos where, where they'll, they'll, they'll get trees from certain, certain mountains, from certain sides of the mountain. Because, because what happened is that tree and the wind and the cold air hitting that tree from those particular sides of the mountains caused the grain of the wood to be pressed together. So when they'll, they'll use those certain kind of trees to, to, to make a piano out of because it has a better sound. Because, because what happened is that tree, it was so established and it endured the storms, it endured the things. It was able to produce a better sound. It was ever ever produce something better quality than just a regular tree. Why? Because, because it was established in something. It was, and it endured something. And it's the same thing. When you trust, what happens is, is you're getting stronger. You're, 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 you're becoming greater. You're becoming better on the inside of you. Why? Because you're established in trust. 
planted by the rivers of water. But what, what about this tree that's planted? It says it spreads out its roots by the river. Now listen to this. And it shall not see in fear when heat comes. It shall not see in fear when heat comes. I want to get to the place that I don't even see negative things. Things don't even look negative. My, any situation doesn't look impossible. It says this person that's planted by the rivers of water that's that spread out his roots. What he spread his roots out, meaning it is, it is just, it is dunk, dug down deep. And it says it doesn't even see or fear when heat comes. Now, get this, it didn't say heat doesn't come. See, a lot of times people think a life of faith is not having problems or not having issues or not going through difficult things. But here it says that the person doesn't even see it or fear it when it does come. So that doesn't mean that, that, that just because we walk by faith doesn't mean we're going to have problems. It just means we know the source of our strength. We know who we're founded upon. We know who we're established in. He doesn't even see. He doesn't even see it. See, there's some things that I haven't, that I didn't even have to fear about because I didn't even know what was going on. There's things that have happened in our world that, that I was like, that happened? I didn't even know about it. And you know what? I didn't lose any sleep over it either. I wasn't bothered by it. Why? Because I'm trusting in something else. I'm not leaning to the world to find my satisfaction, my health, my strength. I'm looking to God. He should not even see or fear when he comes, but its leaf shall be green. Many, even though that he's in, in, in the heat, it says his leaf shall be green. Hallelujah. Even though it's in the middle of August in Texas and it's been 105 for 90 days in a row, it's still going to have green grass. It's still going to have green leaves. Even though it's experienced the heat, it doesn't see it, it doesn't fear it. But you know what? It's still going to be green. Meaning my environment doesn't dictate my fruit. My environment doesn't produce my outcome. What I'm going through isn't going to dictate what the the fruit I'm producing. I'm still going to be producing fruit. It doesn't matter what my circumstances or what my environment's like. It shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought. It shall not be anxious or full of care in the year of drought. Doesn't say it didn't experience drought. No. Come on, Pastor. Good. Come on. Try. Hallelujah. It just says he's not going to be anxious or full of care in it. Are you in a place of drought right now? Don't allow that to, to move you. You trust in God. You be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. Hallelujah. Not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought, nor shall it cease. It shall not cease yielding fruit. It shall not cease yielding. Even though in a year, year of drought, I have harvest. I still produce fruit. I'm still producing fruit even though... In a year of drought. Hallelujah. 
And I declare that of you as you continue to trust in God. As you're, as you're preparing for days ahead and, and, and being prepared for the days ahead, no matter what storm might come, what drought might come, what heat might come, I thank you that you, you and me, this body, this community, how, we will not fear anxious. We won't be fear anxious in a year of drought, but we will not see shielding fruit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this with me. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. what drought I might be in. I'm producing fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. I'm producing fruit. Fruit's always coming up in my life. My bank accounts are always increasing. My savings accounts are always increasing. My wisdom is always increasing because I'm trusting in the Lord. He's my provision. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Go to Psalms 125. Go to Psalms 125. So we see what does trust look like? It looks like a tree that stretches out its roots in the river, by the river. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a tree. And I'm planted. Hallelujah. Psalms 125, thank you, Lord. Verse one, it says, those who trust in, lean on. Say lean. Lean Lean to the side, lean. Lean. Lean lean on the other side. Lean. Those that lean on the Lord. Hallelujah. Those who trust in, lean on, and confidently hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They're like, they're like Mount Zion. They're like a mountain. Hallelujah. They're like Mount Zion. Yeah. Mount Zion. I just, just saw this. Mount Zion is the prophetic, the prophetic picture of what God desires the church to be. Mount Zion was the place in the people that, that the children of Israel were always supposed to be. Those who trust in and lean on and hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion. I mean, they're not like, they're not like the, 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 the current children of Israel, but the ones that God has always desired. They're not the people that, that got lost in the wilderness or the ones that died in the wilderness, but they're the ones that made it out of the wilderness. Those that trust in the Lord and hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Wow. A mountain. What's a mountain like? Can you move a mountain naturally? See, that gives us a picture. We see a tree. Now we see a mountain. Those that trust in the Lord, lean on and hope in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion. Wow. Mm, unmovable. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm established. I'm standing here. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm like Mount Zion. I'm like Mount Zion. Hallelujah. I'm like Mount Zion. Now, this is which cannot be moved. Now, as it tells us about Mount Zion, it can't be moved. It can't be moved. 
but abides and it stands forever. You know what? Trusting in God is not a temporary position, but it is your forever position. Hallelujah. Not be moved. It abides and stands forever. Now listen, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is around about his people from this time forth and forever. So when you trust, you're like Mount Zion. And when you're a mountain, the Lord is what surrounds about you from this time forth and forever. Get, get a picture of that. Get, get a picture of your... Uh, Rick, no, use Freddie. Come here for a second. I'll use Freddie. So Freddie is like Mount Zion. Now, keep your feet set. He, he's not moving, all right? It says this Mount Zion abides forever, right? Now get a picture of this. This Mount Zion that's trusting in the Lord that can't be moved. Now get a picture of this. It says that Jesus, it says the Lord is around about the mountains of Jerusalem forever. Get, get, that, get, get that picture. Thank you, Freddie. Get that picture that, that just as, as God, as you decide and choose to trust him, because it's a position of your heart, as I choose to trust him, no matter what it looks like, not only am I immovable, but now I've got the Father. I've got the Creator. I've got Jehovah. I've got him surrounding his arms around me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Trust. Staying in faith is all about trust. Last week we talked about staying in faith is all about is found in what we're seeking. But today, staying in faith is about trust. Not just believing he is, but trusting that he can hold me. Got two more scriptures, I believe. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. See, we're visual people. We're motivated by things we see. But we have to ask ourselves the question is, are we seeing the right things? Because your mind, the enemy, can constantly be speaking. You're not going to make it. You failed once, you'll fail twice. Yeah, remember last time? Am I the only one that's ever had this? You know, that, that enemy that's, that, that wants to, what is he trying? He's trying, he wants to, you to see something different. He wants you to see something different than God sees. He wants you, see, he doesn't want you to seeing the hope that God has. He wants you to see the defeat. He doesn't want you to see how you can overcome. He wants to see how you're going to get overcome. That's the way he, so we're visual people and the enemy will use visual things and constantly, constantly declare those things to us. See, a storm you can see. You see the doctor's report. You see the checkbook. You see, you, you see and you experience what's going on around you. You see those things and those are, those are how the enemy tries to conduct our lives in or out of faith. So we're visual people. We see things. But the question we have to ask ourselves, are we seeing the right things? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. 
It says, for you have put everything in subjection under his feet. I'm reading the Amplified. It's talking about man. For you have put everything in subjection under his feet. Now, when putting everything in subjection to man... Put, put in subjection to man. Meaning, I've given man the power over everything. I've given man the ability over everything. Now, putting everything in subjection to man, he left nothing outside of man's control. But at present, we do not yet see all things subjected to him. Now, get a picture of this. Meaning, I've, gi- I've given you, I've given man power over all things. Say, this is everything, Right? I've given man power over all things. But right now, we don't see everything underneath him. Right? We don't actually see it. Now, we know we've been given authority. We know we've been given victory. We know that we've been given a name that's above every other name. But so, so we know that we have been given the power and ability. But he says, but we haven't yet seen all things subject to him. Meaning, what's been declared, we're not seeing it yet. Verse 9, but we're able to see Jesus. Meaning right now, right now, those things don't seem to be under my feet. But you know what? I'm able to see Jesus. Right now, I see this circumstancing facing me, but I'm able to see Jesus. Right now, I see this doctor's report. You know what? But I'm able to see Jesus. Right now, this is how my finances look. But you know what? I'm able to see Jesus. Right now, right now, I look defeated. But you know what? I'm able to see Jesus. Right now, I see a storm coming at me. But I'm able to see Jesus. I'm able to see Jesus. See, what are you seeing? Are you able to see Jesus? Now, now it's just not talking about looking at Jesus in the storm, but he wants us to see what did Jesus do. Let's look back at what Jesus did. Because in the natural, he's saying right now, it doesn't look like you're victorious, but don't, but don't, don't count out Jesus. Right now, it doesn't look like you're victorious, but trust me. Don't, right now, it doesn't look like you're victorious, but trust me. Right now, it doesn't look like things, but, but trust me, all right? Hallelujah. But we're able to see Jesus who was ranked lower than the angels for a little while, but he was crowned with glory and honor because he having suffered death in order that by the grace of God, he might experience death for every individual person. He wants us to see what Jesus did. Jesus is always and will always be the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 10, for it was an act worthy of God and fitting to the divine nature that he for whose sake and by whom all things have their existence in bringing many sons into glory should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect, should bring to maturity the human experience necessary to be perfectly equipped for his office as high priest through suffering. Now listen, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one father. For this reason, he's not ashamed to call them brethren. Say, that's me. That's me. We're looking at Jesus, right? Verse 12, for he says, I will declare, I will declare your father's name. Jesus is declaring something. Jesus declaring, I will declare your father's name to my brethren. In the midst of a worshiping congregation, I'll sing hymns of praise to you. Verse 13, and again he says, my trust. Whose trust? My trust. Looking at Jesus, how did Jesus live? See, this is a statement coming from Jesus. This is a statement coming from Jesus. Again, he says, my trust and assured reliance and confident hope shall be fixed in him. 
This is how Jesus walked. See, Jesus was a man just like you and I. But he couldn't lean to the to, to natural man. He had to lean on God. That's why he said, my trust. See, you know, trust, in, trust in the Webster's defini- de- dictionary means reliance on integrity, strength and ability in a person or a thing. So Jesus is saying, my reliance is upon his integrity, his strength, his ability. Hallelujah. My trust and assured reliance and confidence shall be fixed in him. That's like a tree. That's like a mountain. And yet again, here I am in the children whom God has given me. So Jesus is standing with you and I. Get a picture of Jesus. Jesus, and he's got all of creation. He's got, he's got you and I behind him. Get a picture. He's talking about worshiping in the congregation, right? Then he's saying, then he is saying, what does he declare? My trust and assured reliance and confidence shall I be fixed in him. Yet again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. I see God, Jesus standing before the throne of God. Hallelujah. Verse 14, since therefore these his children, he's Jesus, since these share in his flesh and blood, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature that by going through death, he might bring to nothing and make no effect of him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to bring to no effect on him who had the power of death. The enemy is, is the one trying to destroy them. The enemy is trying to control them. The enemy is the one that came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want them to know that I partook of their flesh. I took on their flesh, and I became just like them so I could destroy the power of death. Whatever you're facing, I want you to know that the devil, ha, ha, it has been taken from him. Whatever you're facing, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. He brought to nothing the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Verse 15. And also that he might deliver and set free all those who the fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. If you're bound this morning, I want you to know he did something about your bondage. Now listen to verse 16. For as we all know, he Christ did not take hold of angels, the fallen angels, to give them a helping and a delivering hand. But he took hold of the falling descendants of Abraham to reach out to them a helping and a delivering hand. What is, what is it saying of Jesus here right now? He's saying he didn't take hold of the fallen angels, but he reached down to you and I to bring us up to where he is. Are you able to see Jesus? Are you able to see Jesus? See, in the midst of your circumstance, you got to be able to see Jesus. It's not just looking at Jesus and running after him, but it's seeing what he did. I'm telling you, he went to hell and he destroyed the key. He, he destroyed the enemy's enemies camp. He destroyed where the enemy established. Not only that, but he reached down and he took hold of us and reached up and put us next to him. That's why you can trust in him. That's why you can, you can believe in him. That's why you can lay hold of him. That's why you can be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That's why you can be like a mountain and not be moved. Are you able to see Jesus? Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and I'll close with this. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 1. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful that he reached down and picked me up. I'm so grateful that he reached down. I'm so grateful that he reached down to the descendants of Abraham. 
Hallelujah. He's talking about you and me. I'm so grateful that he reached down in the midst of my miry clay and picked me up and set my feet and established my goings. Amen. I'm so grateful that he did something. I'm so grateful that he picked me up. Hallelujah. You got to see Jesus this morning. You got to see Jesus this morning. You got to see him this morning. Yeah, I know you might see your storm. Yeah, I know you might see what you, what, what the mistakes. I know you might see those things, but you got to see Jesus. You've got to see Jesus. It's not trusting in, 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 an, in another thing. It's trusting in him. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse eight. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. Mm. We would not, you want you brethren to be ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. See, sometimes people are like, well, man, you're a minister, Paul. You shouldn't be talking like that. You're, you're an, uh, the apostle Paul. You got to make sure everyone thinks you got it all together. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a man of faith. You're not supposed to talk about your troubles. Tell Apostle Paul that. It's not glorifying your troubles. It's glorifying the answer. There's a difference between talking about your troubles and glorifying your troubles. Years ago in testimony time, people like to glorify their troubles more than they glorify God. Hallelujah. But he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about my trouble that came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure Above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. Wow. Think about that. The Apostle Paul is saying we were pressed. We were pressed. And really, we, were, we would just rather die. That's pretty much what he's saying. We would just rather just, you know, we know in Philippians, he says, you know, for me to part is far better. It's far better for me to part, but then he says, but for your joy in believing. Because I'll get joy if you can understand faith. Man, we were pressed out of measure, above strength in so much that we despaired even of life. Verse 9, but we had this sentence of death in ourselves. Wow. The sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves. See, this is, this is, this is really, we have to really deal with this. We had this sentence of death in ourselves. Meaning he's saying, naturally, I didn't want to live. Naturally, I didn't want to go another day. Naturally, I would just assume, just kick the bucket. Naturally, I would just rather to step into glory. Because I've seen him. I've seen his glory. I've seen his splendor. I've seen his presence. Yeah, I, I would have rather died, he said, but I, so I can't trust in myself. Mm. Meaning, meaning, naturally, I want to give up, but I'm living for a greater purpose. Naturally, I want to throw in the towel, but someone else is counting on me. Naturally, I just want to, I just want to, I don't want to do this anymore, but, but there, there, I can't trust in myself. Because naturally, what my mind wants to tell me, I want to, the storm telling me, I want to give up. So I can't trust in myself, but in God, which raises the dead. 
I despaired even of life. We had this sentence of death in ourselves. Hallelujah, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. I want you to look at this a little bit different because you can look at the scripture different ways. But we had the sentence of death. The word sentence there means answer. We had the answer of death. Because in verse 8, he talks about we despaired even of life. But he says, but we had the answer to death. Meaning, I despaired even life, but I have the answer. So you can look at the scripture, scripture a couple different ways. It's not necessarily wrong looking at one way or the other. But he's saying, we had the answer. And I want you to know, whatever you're going through, we have the answer. Whatever you're facing right now, you have the answer. He said, we had the answer. I despaired, the li- I despaired life, but you know what? I got the answer to what I'm dealing with. I, I, I don't want to go forward naturally, but I've got the answer to what I'm dealing with. And the answer is not trusting in myself, but in the God that raises the dead. Hallelujah. And I love how he used raising the dead. He was using something that's impossible. I don't have, I have the answer to death. And you know what? It's not found in me trusting myself, but it's in the one that can do impossible things. I want you to no matter where you are right now and what you might be going through right now, the answer is him. The answer is not in your own ability. The answer is him. The answer is him because he's the one that can do impossible things. Hallelujah. We do not trust in ourselves, but in the one that raises the dead. Verse 10, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver who delivered us? Who delivered us? Amen. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver? Meaning, not only he did he deliver us from it, but he will always deliver us. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So he, Paul's saying, whether, whether it was yesterday whether it's going on right now or whether it's tomorrow, he's going to be the one that delivers me. But I've got to trust not in myself, but I trust in the one that raises the dead. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. Oh, Father, and we trust in you. We trust in you. Hallelujah. We trust in you. We trust in you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The victorious one. Hallelujah. We look at Jesus. We look at Jesus because Paul looked to Jesus. We look to Jesus because Paul looked to Jesus. said he is the one that delivers us. He is the one that yet delivers us. And he will be the one that continues to deliver us. Hallelujah. I thank you for victory in this house today. I thank you for victory in this house today. I thank you that the enemy is under our feet and we make a decision as a body that we will trust in you. We will trust in you. We will be like a tree that's planted by rivers. We will be like a mountain that shall not be moved forever. We make a decision to trust in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you trust in him, just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And just start to thank him and start worshiping him. I trust in you, Father. I trust in you. I trust in you. Just start releasing your praise and your thanksgiving. I trust in you. Hallelujah. As you release your praise and your thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just trust in him. Just trust in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Trust in him. Hallelujah. Trust in him. Trust in him with your emotions. Trust in him with your children. Trust in him with those things that you can't control. Trust him. Trust him. Mm, Trust in him. Oh, trust in him. Thank you, Father. We trust in you, Father. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm, Believe that he can hold you. Don't just believe in what he can do. Don't just believe in who he is, but trust that he can hold you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Victory in this place. Victory in this place. Victory in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just allow, just allow that spirit of victory to rise up in your heart. You know, trust, trust rests. Trust rests. Hallelujah. I, 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 get, I see a picture right now. And get, I want you to see a picture. Remember the children of Israel? They were, they were looking out over the Red Sea. They had the Red Sea in front of them. They had the enemy behind them. And the enemy was coming in behind them, fast, approaching fast. And the Lord speaks to Moses and he tells him to raise his, raise his rod. And he tells, makes a statement. He says, the Lord will fight for you. And you will hold your peace. Exodus chapter 13, he says, The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. That's trust. Mm. The Lord will fight for you and hold your peace. Yeah, I'll read that, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Trust, when you get in, step into true trust, there's a peace that comes in. And doesn't mean that all your, your whole life might be peaceful. But it's peace. It's not something of this world. Yeah, Father. Yeah, back to Isaiah 26. You're going to need to turn there. Listen to this. Verse 3. We read verse 4 earlier. It says, mm, thank you, Father. Yeah, I'll read that. Go to, go to verse 1. 26.1 says, in that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will be God. A point for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Thou will keep him in perfect peace because he trusteth in thee. Trusteth in thee means he, because he continues to trust in him. Because you continue to trust in him, you will have perfect peace. See, when you enter into true trust, you step into true peace. 
Mm. How will you know that you're truly in trust? Because you really have peace. That's 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 a word. That's a word for some people. It's not just it's it's true trust brings about true peace. Like I said, it doesn't mean everything is going right. Doesn't mean it's all together. But there's this peace. Your mind is stayed on the perfect peace because your mind stayed on He. Why is your mind stayed on Him? Because you trust in Him. Oh, Father, I thank you for perfect peace to flood every soul in this place. Perfect peace to flood this place. Perfect peace to flood our prayer times. Perfect peace to flood. Perfect peace to flood our homes. Perfect peace to flood our marriages. Perfect peace to flood over our children. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Because our mind stayed on thee. Why is our mind stayed on thee? Because we're trusting in you. Because we're trusting in you, we have peace. We're trusting in you, we have peace. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if tears are going down our face. We trust in you and perfect peace. Perfect peace manifests. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. My prayer is that perfect peace floods your soul because you choose to trust in him. Mm. And say, I receive perfect peace. In Jesus' name. Mm. If you receive that, lift your hands. Oh, perfect peace. Mm. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, everyone with your head bowed for a moment. I don't want to assume everyone in this place is ready to meet Jesus. Born again, ready to go to heaven. One of my prayers over this church is that salvations happen every week at Heritage of Faith. Mm. People get filled with the Spirit every week at Heritage of Faith. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I tell you it's the best decision that you'll ever make. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, make that decision today. If you're tired of doing life on your own and you're like, I'm kind of at the end, Pastor. I need, I, I need something new in my life. I need this peace you're talking about. I need this Jesus that I can look into. I need this perfect peace. If that's you and, and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just slip your hand up right where you are. Just shoot it up fast. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. You're like, Pastor, I just, I just need, to, I need to make decisions to, to run after God. I, I, need to, I need to make decisions to, to make God a priority in my life. And I, I need to, maybe it's, it's coming back to him and, and making a fresh commitment to him. If that's you, just slip your hand up right where you are. Don't hesitate. Just, I see that hand back there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See that hand? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, church family. Bring, there's those that, there are people that raise their hands, but I, I want to encourage you, bring people that need to meet Jesus. 
bring people to meet Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray with me that, that this church will be filled with people that need Jesus. Hallelujah. If you raise your hands for those things, just, just, just everyone just lift your hands to heaven and repeat this after me. Father God, I bring my life to you today. Old things are passed away and all things have become new because today I make a decision to make Jesus Lord. I believe that he came. He was born of a virgin. That he died on the cross. Was buried and was, was taken to the lower parts of hell. Was raised again for my justification. Because of that. And because of my faith in him. And what he did at the cross. I stand today. Forgiven. Born again. Made new. Never to go back. But to go forward. In Jesus. In Jesus name. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord.